0: Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hey, friends, I'm so happy to be here. And let me tell you why. If you've been a listener of my show for a while, you know that I just came off an eight week series where I talked about lessons from a book that I love and it really changed my life. It was all really great information that I felt compelled to share with you. But here's the thing. By the end of that eight weeks, I was really sick of listening to myself talk. I kind of went on my own journey during the process of recording eight weeks of episodes and never talking to anyone else. I mean, I talk to other people obviously, but I didn't get to talk to people in the same way that I do during the episodes where I have guests. So I had an epiphany of sorts and decided that I want to bring you more conversations that matter. I will definitely still do some solo episodes here and there because I really like connecting with you in that way, but I also think there are so many amazing topics that should be out there in the world to get people talking this feels a lot more authentic to who i am and what i want to be doing and i'm really excited about this shift i hope you will be too with that i would love to introduce you to today's guest she is another one of my beloved dharma sisters and honestly my life wouldn't be what it is today without her she is one of those warm and inviting people that when you talk to them you immediately feel so loved and accepted and supported Gina Stock lives in Oregon with her husband, daughter, and her 86-year-old papa. She has spent the past 15 years helping small businesses and startups move forward when things were holding them back, but has since graduated from the Dharma Coaching Institute. During that program, she discovered her own life purpose of helping others live from the truth of who they are, and now she supports others in finding their purpose. This conversation was so much fun, and we really go deep on what it means to find your purpose and what that looks like and how the expression of it can shift over time. This one is so good for the soul. Without further ado, let's welcome Gina to the show. This podcast episode is brought to you by prompts to purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts inside. You'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams. If you're ready to dive in, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio, and I'll send it over. Come on in and see what everyone is talking about. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here with you. I am so excited to have you for a couple of reasons. Number one, I have been doing a series on my podcast, and so I haven't had a guest in quite some time. And so I was (laughs) feeling a little lonely. (laughs) So I'm happy to have an actual live human in front of me. And then the second thing is that you are... Such a good friend, a dear friend of mine. You are a Dharma sister and I just love talking to you. I get to talk to you every week but this is the first time I've had you on the show. And so I'm just really excited to be able to share you with the world.
1: You're so sweet. I am. It has been so fun getting to know you and to watch your journey. You know, I remember in February when you were getting ready to launch your podcast and you had the date, like the date had been set for months, right? And it's getting closer and you're, you know, getting ready to do it. And then the other day I was listening to one of your episodes from the book that you're uh, working through. And um, it was like, what 20 like you've got 20 already and and they're just so impeccable I just I really enjoy your engaging conversations and everything about it has just been so lovely to watch also knowing that we were at each other's journey at the very beginning of this like when you still had a a joe right (laughs) we still had your job and and everything that went down so it has been extraordinary and it's just an honor to be here and share time with you
0: You are someone who I am constantly inspired by because of your incredible ability to channel messages from the divine, like they just come to you and you're able to communicate them so beautifully to us. And so I can't wait to dive into that a little bit, (laughs) but first I like to have my guests, pick either blue or red. And I have two different books here and I will pick a random question from either the red book or the blue book.
1: So, uh, I'm going to pick red in honor of
0: my red lipstick today. And it looks fabulous. I must say, <laughs> do you believe in miracles and have you had or witnessed one? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Very much. So, um,
1: lots of examples of miracles in my life. I think, can I give you two examples real quick? Absolutely. All right. So without going into great detail of why I believe what I believe, I, so I remember hearing as a kid, my mom had this miraculous healing. So my mom was, I was a baby. I think I was maybe like a year old or something. And my mom became very suddenly ill and had no idea what was wrong, but she, she was in the And they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. And I don't remember like what her symptoms were. All I know is like, she was in the hospital. So my dad was taking care of me. And he tells this fun story of how um, his, like one of his biggest memories from this time was that he got a flat tire trying to go to work one day while managing, you know, the baby and everything. And, um, and I had to pull over so he had like the, the little seat; he was rocking on the side of the road while trying to change the Aww. tire. But I, my mom um was super sick. And so she was in the hospital and uh, they, my dad worked with somebody and they were very religious. The, the husband and wife that he worked with the, the wife of the husband that he worked with, he, she was really religious. And so um, Christian. And so she asked if she could come pray for my mom. And, you know, my mom's like, you know, sure. And she was, you know, having all of her shame issues of her life and different things. So when the lady was coming, my mom pretended like she was asleep. And so she didn't speak to the woman. And so what my, what the how the story is, is re- recounted to me, my dad, you know, was at home like the lady walked into my mom's room and sat there for probably about 10 or 15 minutes. My mom just played possum, right? Just staying asleep (laughs) the whole time, which is like very classic, my mom. She was that way, which is, she had a lot of determination. But so then the woman stepped over um, and just put her hands on my mom and said a prayer, said a prayer for her to be healed. We lived in Phoenix and a gigantic storm came on very suddenly. There wasn't a storm in the area. An entire storm came on just like, the power went out in the hospital. hospital, thunder, crashing, just the whole thing, right? Gigantic storm. My dad hops in the car with me to like, because there's this, you know, giant thing going on and rushes to the hospital. When he gets there, my mom is in the shower. She hasn't been able to get out of the bed for like a week and a half. She is up, she is in the shower. She is cleaning herself up. And I think the next day she left. And was just wow. no, no explanation, you know, so it's so I think it's interesting, you know, that my whole life, this little miracle has always kind of been a seed. It's so funny that you say that, because I really don't think of that event very often. But it was always this kind of special story I loved enjoying hearing about.
0: I have full body chills right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the other one I want to share with you. That's so cool is um, when we were looking for this house that we have, um, we were trying to find a home that potentially my mom and dad could move in with us. And my daughter, you know, I had, I had a, she was two. Well, one at the time we started looking. And so I remember the f- like first day I went out and I was on Zillow and I drove by a home and it wasn't the house. I could just tell. And so I pulled up, like, you know, I don't know, 30 feet just to get out of the driveway area and parked my car and got back on Zillow to see if there was anything nearby. And as I looked down this driveway, it was about a 150 foot driveway that just looked down at this spectacular home. It was so beautiful. I just looked at it and I just go, God, I wish I could have that house. I didn't know anything about the house, right? So uh, an entire year later, we've looked, you know, all over town, exhausted options of just our family, including my parents, all the things, and we find this home and then we buy this house and it's just perfect. It has the, you know, it has a downstairs like ADU that my mom can, you know, get around in because she wasn't. And getting around very well at the time. And it was this house. So after we bought the home, I was up on a deck uh, off our bedroom and I looked down the driveway and I just gasped and I went, oh my God, I wish for this house. It was the house? It was the house. The <gasps> one that I, the, the first day that we looked and I just wished for it. And one year later, it was our house. Not knowing
0: it, I didn't know anything. It wasn't on the market. It was just beautiful. <laughs> oh my goodness. Isn't it? manifestation like i mean it could be manifestation miracle i think all of it it works together it's so amazing yeah
1: yeah it's unbelievable i mean it was funny it's so funny that this is the question cuz just this morning i was hopping in the shower you know you talk about receiving messages i literally had an and these two examples didn't come up but i had a little flood of about three different things in my life like that that i wished for and i was like oh my god i wished for that I like so i had just this morning i was having that like things that I've wished for that have come to fruition. And you know, what's common about them, Heather, which is so weird. Cause I know like manifestation has so many layers to it, but I was realizing one of the common themes of like these big things was I literally said, I wish.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I mm. said, I wish I could this, you know, I was like, wow, that's interesting. So anyways, I think there's something to verbalizing it. You know, it's great to think it in your head and I'm a firm believer in journaling and writing out your intentions and things that you want. But when you speak it out into the universe, there's something magical that happens.
1: Do you have any wishes or any uh, miracles
0: that you come to mind for you? Oh my goodness. I wake up every day and think it's a miracle and I'm so grateful for everything that I have in my life and this life that I'm living today, I wished for, I wanted to have a sense of freedom. I wanted to have confidence. I wanted to be able to play by my own rules and not have to necessarily live under someone else's expectations. And so to me, I don't know if it's considered a miracle, but it's definitely something, you know? And so I'm, I'm really, really grateful to have what I have. And I know that I'm so blessed. Full-blown miracle. I call it a miracle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's switch gears a little bit. I would love to know what was Gina like as a young girl? What was your personality like? What was your upbringing like? Yeah, gosh. Um as a little girl,
1: it's funny, you know, there there's different parts of my childhood I remember. I don't for whatever reason have like the best memory. Like I know some people remember all the things, right? And I kind of remember in snapshots. But I think when I think about my childhood, a lot of happy, normal, right, quote normal times that, you know, were common for my era. And like I just remember being outside playing, like playing with friends, like all day long, going out, and the kids would come to my yard and we play basketball. I was an only child, so I didn't have siblings, so I just filled my days. And I, you know, funny because like my daughter's eight, and I play with her a lot. Like she wants a lot of attention and playtime. And I think back and say, you know, like my mom didn't play with me. She, I know she did when I was a baby. I know that there was like a lot of. She's very playful and in that formative, you know, time of like watching her play with my daughter. I know she did a lot of that stuff for me when I was a baby, but about five years old, what I just really remember is like, I just spent my days. I listened to records and danced. I'd, you know, spin around in circles and play. I would play outside. I would play with neighborhood friends and take all my clothes off. And then their moms (laughs) would bring me home really mad because I took off all my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) We lived in Phoenix, it was hot. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, as I, as I think, as I got older and uh, the one thing that was always common though, was taking care of everyone's feelings. And I don't, I didn't know I was doing it then, but as I reflect back on it, I always was making sure everybody was okay. I always, you know, held that energy for, I can adapt to everything. Everyone will be happy because for whatever reason, I just innately had the power to create situations where everybody was happy right i could recognize what people needed in those situations as i got older i realized i did it to my own detriment right i did it not realizing that i wasn't living my truth i was in this constant state of reacting to you know all the different situations but yeah i think all in all fun happy positive Um, And then there's, you know, then there's like, we can go down the like dark side, (laughs) the whole other, you know, my parents didn't really get along very well. So there was lots of fighting. And the cool thing from that was, I became a really good communicator and it's like in all my charts, everything, you know, my numerology, all the things I'm a mediator, I'm a communicator. And so when my parents would argue, I remember really distinctly, I don't even know if I was in junior high, Heather. And I was literally sitting down with both my parents on opposite sides of the room, explaining to them what they were arguing about. (laughs) It's like, she's trying to say this, he's trying to say, you know, and they just like, couldn't make that connection. And even forty plus years of marriage. They just never figured out. They got divorced once and remarried. is
0: just the craziest thing. Oh, they, they got remarried to each other? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can see you being that person, even as a kid, like you are just someone, you're so eloquent at being able to communicate messages between not only the divine and, and humans, but I think between people also, you're able to really say, okay, let's rephrase this so that everyone's on the same page. And it's a it's a really great skill to have. And I can see that how that's benefited you as an adult. Thank you. I think it's
1: interesting, right? With these things in our life that we get to frame what they mean to us. And so for me, right, it wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't, you know created a lot of sensitivity to energy because you never know when the fight's going to happen, you know, and and those things. And as a result, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, navigating relationships. I learned a lot about what I didn't want my marriage to be like. And so, you know, I can, I can be a a victim of that situation and, and be like, you know, this was awful. And here's, you know, the things that I witnessed and how I had to grow up, or I can say, Hey, this is what I went through. And here's how at the end of the day, it's benefited me and have compassion that my parents did the best they could. And I know they did. They loved me and they loved each other for all the weird ways they showed it or didn't show it.
0: (laughs) That's so beautiful because I think we hear a lot of people who are in this victim mentality of poor me look at all the things happening to me. My life is a mess because of X, Y, Z, And the way you reframed it of this is happening for me and here's what I gained from it and how I became better because of it. That's so beautiful. I think a lot of people don't know
1: they have the option to reframe. It's not in our culture. It's becoming, right? It's becoming people who are, you know, on that self-growth journey understand the power of the reframe, but just as a, you know, the, the general everyday public at large who haven't started opening their eyes or being a aw- awoken right to this, this new reality that's coming and that's possible for everyone. Uh, they just don't know. And so like people don't even know they're living in a victim mindset.
0: Yeah. I think it took for me to, for someone to point it out to me in a very loving way, not in an attacking kind of way and once i was able to take a step back and look at it i was like oh yeah wow and that what you said about reframing and the power of it and people not knowing that they hold the keys to be able to do that is so important because we all can do that in any situation and that's part of you know why i always say like you can bring joy and fun into anything even the most trivial and mundane tasks you know, you have that power to reframe it. And so I love that you brought that up because I think it's so important and more people get to understand how powerful they are. Yeah. So what did you want to be when you
1: grew up? I wanted to be the first time I, I still have the paper from when I might have been first grade. I wanted to be an artist. Ah, and um other things cropped up a lawyer for about a minute a physical therapist but artist was the one that always was there and uh, it was funny because i really I wasn't like extraordinary at art, right? I was, I mean, fine. Great. I lo- I would draw in my bedroom, you know, I draw things. I see a, a lot like, you. and I'm nowhere near the caliber, like you are a great artist, but you know, yeah. when I, yes, when I, I could draw what I see, you know, on a real basic level. So I enjoyed art. I made cards. I always made cards for people. I loved doing that, making people feel good. And then, you know, went through, went to college to be a special ed teacher. Um, ended up dropping out and working at a group home with autistic kids and then teaching special ed te- like I had such a such an interesting path and then ultimately right I don't what was it i in my 30s my husband asked me to help him with a project in photoshop he's like can you help me do this thing and i was like yeah so i he showed me how to use i'd never used photoshop and it was literally the beginning of me becoming a graphic designer like i taught myself i started learning i'm like oh this is cool i started doing logos for people started a business and then got a job working for a company for a while and um yeah it was it was such an interesting journey to then be like oh ultimately i got to be an artist and you know really do work that people love and so while it's not drawing and but i think I didn't see myself as an artist for so long and I didn't really, you know, because we think we're supposed to be good at it. We're supposed to be great at it and not be able to do it because we love it because we enjoy, you know, the process of creating. So, um, yeah, so those it's kind of fun how that, you
0: know, 40 years later turns into something. You don't realize the power of it until you reflect on it. But I do, I think we're all artists in our own ways. And like you said, you don't have to make a career out of it necessarily. You know, you can just have fun with it. And I think that's why I always tell people like, you are creative everyone is creative and it drives me bananas when people are like, I'm not creative. And I just want to like, yes, you are. Everybody is. So I love that that was what you wanted to do. I think you are an artist in your own right now. I have seen some of the things that you have created and they're all beautiful and you sing and I don't worry, I won't make you sing on the (laughs) podcast, but you have a beautiful (laughs) voice. And so there's just so many ways that artistry can be expressed. And so I love that that's what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Okay. So you became a graphic designer and you create logos for people. And when I met you, we were in the Dharma Coaching Institute together. So what happened in your life where you were like, you know, this graphic design thing is cool and all, but I want something else. It's so funny. I didn't...
1: I wasn't dissatisfied with the design work like it was my dream. That was one of the wishes that I occurred to me in the shower this morning was I remember decades ago I was we're on a vacation somewhere and I was sitting in a hot tub with like these you know random people vacationing and talking and and the girl was like um you know what do you do and and she said she was a graphic designer who worked at home. And this was like over 20 years ago, 25. I mean, people didn't work at home, certainly didn't work at home doing graphic design. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. (laughs) I've been doing it for like 10 years. (laughs) But um, I, so I just loved it because I had, you know, I didn't go to school for this. And so the, the teaching myself has been so gratifying to be able to do it successfully. It's been a really big fulfillment for me. So then in 2017, I woke up one morning and I'm like, I am going to find my life purpose by the end of this year. It was January. And for whatever reason that was, you know, January, I just love it. I love the new year. I know it's so cliche and I love it so much. It just feels so invigorating. And so I was like, I'm going to figure out my life purpose. And so I started reading some books and started taking some classes. I did not find my life purpose by the end of that year. Apparently you can't set a schedule and then <laughs> right? you, can't, you don't get to achieve things like the universe has different ideas. And so as I went on this path, you know, of continuing to learn new things, worked on my health in my diet and some different, you know, aspects that needed to come into play. I literally finished a course that really put me on a new journey with food and my health and my self-image and all of that just the week before Dharma coaching started. I finished that course and jumped right into DCI. For whatever reason, when I received the email from Sahara, I'd been on her list. I'd taken a quiz or whatever. And the email drops in my inbox that says, you know, um, something about finding your life purpose and helping others find their life purpose. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, a, it's like two for, mm-hmm. like, if I can <laughs> find my own purpose and be able to help others as a Dharma coach, I'm like, I don't even know what this is. But, you know, the course was not inexpensive, right? As things of great value sometimes are not inexpensive. And, you know, with my husband, like, for us, it's, you know, joint finances. And so I remember seeing that and seeing the amount. And I was like, how am I going to tell Bill that I want, you know, this much money to take this course doing? purpose, like the whole thing. He's very practical dude. And so I just said a little prayer and I said, you know, to my guys and angels and God and the divine and all of it, I'm like, if I am meant to take this course, please make this an easy conversation about, you know, purchasing this Heather. I've never had an easier conversation with my husband about money. It was just so easy. And so I was like, okay. That's the the little breadcrumb. And so uh, it, it really, I think the the nature of the content being about purpose was really because I love what I I loved what I was doing. I love the graphic design. And there was still something a little missing, right? There was still that little bit that was like, okay, there's a part of me that, and and it didn't have to be my I wasn't didn't even plan on it being my job. I wasn't planning on a career transition from it per se, right? It was just, I want to explore this thing. Like I coach wasn't on my radar at all.
0: And I remember in the beginning of DCI, when I first knew you, you went through a period of, I don't even know if I want to coach people. And so it's been interesting to watch you evolve in and you are such a fabulous coach now. And so it's just interesting to, to allow yourself to follow those breadcrumbs, do what feels right. Like the next thing right step and then see where it takes you without having an expectation of what is going to happen.
1: Yeah, it was such a fun journey. I mean, the the course and everything we learned, it's changed, of course, changed my life, but it was so powerful. It was such a powerful catalyst for moving into purpose and creating these relationships that I know I'll have the rest of my life that are just so deep and meaningful and mutual and high vibe and all the things. So I'm just eternally grateful for our experience at DCI.
0: I was thinking about you this morning and where you live is so beautiful. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I cannot wait till I can go there and spend some time in that beautiful nature. Cause every time you're outside, when you're talking to us on zoom, it's just so beautiful. So I love that you feel the same way about relationships because I feel the same way also about the people I've met and the caliber of the relationships.
1: And you're meeting people in a lot of different things as well, right? Like, I mean, I have since DCI, I took an angel Reiki course where I met more people of that similar, you know, connection where you're just like, oh, you keep like pulling these, you know, new relationships out of the people you connect with. And you've got quite a few people that you're connecting with in the different things that you've done as well.
0: Yeah, I have, I am forever a student and I can't help myself that now I'm on this personal development journey. I I had never spent a dime on anything to do with myself and like furthering my own education and knowledge other than books, but as far as courses, I had never done anything like that and now I'm like addicted and I am currently in one program but it's sort of a go at your own pace kind of thing, but Otherwise, I have almost for the last two years been in some kind of program nonstop, sometimes multiple (laughs) programs. And it is you meet such like-minded people. And it's so important to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up and give you the support that you need when you're maybe not feeling your best. And that's why I love our little... Dharma girl circle, as I call it, just because we are so supportive of each other. We celebrate our wins. We're there to hold space for each other when we need it and just kind of talk through anything we're going through in life. And we still coach each other because we all need it, right? So (laughs) it's been really amazing. I am very appreciative and
1: that we continue to show up you know, to, to hold that relationship important because how many Tuesdays, you know, have you just been like, Ooh, like I'm, you know, maybe I just am tired or I've got a lot going on. And like, we all have grace for one another when, you know, you can't make it. But something happened not too far into our meetings. Well, especially when we transitioned out. I thought it was really interesting. You know, there was a time when, right when Dharma coaching was over, it could have really gone either way. It would have been very easy to not meet. It really took concerted effort to maintain this relationship that we have because we, I mean, we don't even live in the same town, right? I've never, I've never physically hugged you (laughs) and right So it could have been very easy for it to fall away. So I'm so thankful, not only that it's then we've had the opportunity, but we all actively engage and put in the effort to keep showing up for each other. And it's not, you know, it's from what we receive as well as what we're able to give. The exchange is just so beautiful. So yeah, I have a lot of gratitude for it too. I love
0: that. So So would you say that you have now found your purpose?
1: Yes, I think, you know, it's interesting because I remember I was doing some meditation or journaling and I I have an idea of what my purpose is, right I have this pretty clear idea. Um, and I did this meditation and I asked the guides. I'm like, is this like you know my full purpose?" I'm like, nope, there's more. <laughs> so, I was so going through my head is yes, I know my purpose. And from that standpoint, like kind of like what we learned in, in Dharma coaching, right? We're all living our purpose anyways, whether you are aware of it or not, whether you know what, Oh, okay. Now I can tell you what my purpose is. You're living it anyways. All of the experiences we have along the way that add up to it, right? That the way you live your life, the way you show up and then the way we grow and show up more and more like ourselves, right? That shedding all of those layers of things that have been put on us or Protection that we've put around ourselves. And as we become these more authentic versions of ourselves, I think that yes, we're living our purpose every day, and it really is a constant evolution. So, what I arrived at it was really fun, you know, talk about the miracles I had. Um for some reason I see 718 a lot at the time. 718 morning, night a lot. And so it always had like stuck in my mind 718. I'm like I I don't know why, but this is an angel number for me. It's not a 222 or a 444. It's 718. Okay. So, uh we were in the Dharma coaching program and I'd started going for early morning walks. Like at four in the morning, I'd go for like a one or two hour walk and I write stuff on my phone, you know, save anything that's inspiring me notes to write a book out, whatever. Right. And on the 18th of July, right. Two years ago, we're in our course and was it was a year. It was just last year. Huh? That's crazy. Uh, yeah. One year ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so on July 18th, I'm on a walk and I'd been on this walk really inspired, you know, by spirit moving me, getting tons of like channeling of stuff. And I turned a corner and I was looking at the sunrise over the mountains. And, you know, I live in Oregon. It's just beautiful. The trees, everything. And I just had this moment where like my brain, it was almost like a shock in my brain and i was like i am here to expand love on the planet but it was so real and tangible it wasn't like in this cliche oh i'm here to bring love and light right it was this moment where it was just like like that is my job my job is to expand love and so when i think of my purpose it really everything i do is carrying that undercurrent you know we're having this conversation And it's expanding love, love for one another, for anyone who's hearing anything that might be helpful for them and the love that we carry for them to be able to take another step on their growth journey. And I think that for me, what's then built upon that concept is that my, you know, as coaches and, you know, podcasters and people sharing this beautiful information that we're, you know, so lucky to receive and integrate and and share is that besides expanding love, you know, bringing people together in love on the planet. My particular lens is through compassion. So compassion, I believe that as if, if I help people, if I support people on their journey to become compassionate towards themselves, to really see themselves like the way God sees you, the way the divine has, you know, this beautiful, pure self, like your, your little three-year-old self that nothing is, you know, you're just this like nobody holds anything against your pure little spirit. Right. And I know we all have these gorgeous little spirits inside of us. And if we could just learn to access them and like get rid of all the other self-criticism and have that compassion for that beautiful child that we are inside. And when we can live from that space, we can have compassion for others. And then I don't care what, you know, your political affiliation is. I don't care, you know, what, clothes you wear or car you drive. None of that matters. We don't have to be at odds. We're all just beautiful souls and we can accept and grow. We can have different opinions and that's important, right? For our growth. But I think that's the, for me, the, the add on to expanding love on the planet is really that through the lens of
0: compassion, that's something that really is meaningful to me. I love that so much. I think that compassion is something that is so sadly lacking in this world today and i i speak about compassion a lot too and i love that that is an underlying mission of yours is to spread that and teach people how to be compassionate not only to themselves but to others and like you said when you can see each other from the eyes of a child there is no hatred there is no difference there is no separation And it's so important to be able to spread that and express that and teach people how to be able to do that. So I love that that is a part of what you are here to do. I get asked this a lot. So I'm going to ask you because I'm curious what your thoughts are. Do you think that you can have more than one purpose? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, we're so complex, right? I people, I mean, granted, we complicate things we don't need to complicate in life. <laughs> but yeah, I think life is like this beautiful buffet. There's just so many like plates to choose from. And you can just put together, you know, your perfect plate of whatever. I so growing up in Nevada, we always had the casinos, always have like the best buffets. <laughs> <laughs> all the buffets. And like you could have like shrimp and ribs and mashed potatoes and a uh, you know, you can have all the different things. So I, I feel like we can be ignited by so many little sparks, right? So yeah, I guess in the context of what is your life purpose, right? What are you here to do? On one hand, I love that I have a better sense of it. I love that our journey through Dharma coaching led me to learn that I'm a, a visionary nurturer. And when I learned that about myself, it puts so much into perspective of like where I'm going and where I want to go and why what I was doing wasn't as fulfilling, right? Oh, okay. It's fulfilling honestly for this like skint group of my archetypes, right? My Dharma archetypes, but the first group, the primary group, it's like, now I'm living that. And I feel it, I feel it in my bones. So I believe that you can have lots of purposes. And I think it, it, transitions. I think it, you know, it definitely transitions from different times in your life. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have new experiences over the next five years that will shift you to be able to support different people in different roles, right? Where you are right now, like you can support people who are trying to leave their job, who are, you know, have having all kinds, I mean, you can support people in so many ways right now, wanting to be creative, right? And what's really fun about it, Heather, I think with the like, you know, whether it's multi-passionate or what, but like, if like, as I think about you and I think of, you have this beautiful creative side to yourself and you love expanding creativity and joy in people. And then you have this, you know, other side of you that's like, man, I ditched corporate America and I did it bad ass (laughs) and I am living my best life. And so many people don't get it and screw you because this is it. I've literally created this, you know, magical miracle of life for me that looks this new way. And then there's ways that, you know, maybe those intersect, wow, this creativity and joy thing along with leaving your jolly, you just don't know how all the different things will weave. So I, I guess I, I think you have multiples of reasons that you're, you're here and different purposes to serve. And I think it's shifting all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point because there are things, you know, we're both moms. And so when our kids were really young, you know, babies, your your purpose is pretty much to keep them alive. <laughs> you know, you don't have much else that you can focus on except all of their needs, right? As they become older, they become more independent. You can start diving back into what excites you. What do you find joy in? What lights you up? And you can start doing that. And what I have found, and I don't know if you found this also, but I've been able to start sharing my passions with my kids. And it's just been such a fun evolution to see how I lived for my kids, literally, you know, like everything I did had them in mind. And while it still does, they're never far from my heart or my mind, I can now do things that are just for me. and teach them number one, whatever that thing is, if they're interested, but also giving them permission to do things that interest them, even if nobody else understands it or gets it.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with the whole mom thing, right? There's like, (laughs) it's it's survival mode for, for quite a while. Um, And I, you know, I know that it may not be like that for everyone. Although I haven't met anybody who hasn't said that. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't want to be like, you know, this generalization, like it's like that for everyone, but I mean, it is, that's a a period of time where you don't lose yourself, but you definitely find a new version of yourself. And there's that beauty of moving into, right. That whole new identity and and what that means for your life. But yeah, I'm having the same experience. I even ever since Hayden could even talk, we would, I'd love plants. I love flowers and plants. So when we would go on walks, I'd be like, you know, oh, that's a petunia. Oh, that's a, and so then I noticed, you know, as she got a little older and we'd go on walks with my husband, she would literally be doing that. Oh, look at this. What flower is this mommy? Or, oh, dad, did you know it was that? And so it is fun to share our passions and, you know, things that we delight in with our kids and see if they grasp, grasp onto it or not.
0: Yeah. I love that. You you reminded me that my, my daughters and I all love crystals. We are, you know, we just love them and sometimes we use them for things, but sometimes they're just pretty, you know, I've always keep um, a selenite heart on my desk so that when I'm interviewing people, like I can just grab it. I'm someone who needs to like have something to do when I'm doing things like this. But what I love is my youngest one, especially my older one to some extent too, but my youngest one will be somewhere where there might be crystals and she can identify them better than I can most of the time. She went to, I think a flea market with her dad and the person selling the crystals was trying to tell her it was some other kind of crystal. And she was like, no, it's not that. <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> so she was schooling the people selling the crystals on what they were actually That's selling. So cool. That is so I love cool. that. I love what you said about, yeah, kind of the transition of your purpose. I think the way I always think of it is we have sort of this one big overarching purpose, right? So love and compassion and joy. And I really feel like it's that for so many of us, but then the way it plays out and gets expressed especially through different times in our lives can show up differently depending on what's happening within ourselves.
1: Yeah. And also right from person to person, like you make such a good point of like really love and compassion. Like I didn't invent love and compassion. That's, not, you know, it's not, it's, I mean, it doesn't even feel particularly unique. And yet the way that it feels to me and the way that it feels like I'm going to be the expression of that and and who I can help with my unique experiences and all the things I've lived. And the person next to me who also has, you know, love and compassion as, you know, big themes in their life of of what they're here to do, they're going to live it in a whole other way. So it's like, you know, within our own lifetime, we're going to be shifting through different ways of expression. And then as, as people, because I think as, you know, coaches, especially we really are like, how am I going to stand out? Cause so many of us say the same things we're speaking a language. You know, I think we get so intimidated about how am I going to be this kind of coach or what kind of, what kind of coach can I say I am? And it, it feels so intimidating to even begin to stand out. And so many of us are coming up now because it's what the world needs. The world needs that support to be able to start having these transitions from basic victim mindset you know to deeper spiritual awareness to purpose to all of the levels of you know exploring ourselves and and moving into who we truly are so coaches are needed and um yeah i just think you know that's something that's so important to remember is that it is our unique expression of all of that
0: perfectly said So the last thing that I want to talk about is a little bit about spirit guides and angels, because you, as I mentioned earlier, receive such beautiful messages from the divine that you are able to so clearly communicate to others. And so I would love to know kind of when did you start working with spirit guides? How did you know that that's what was happening or did you know? And then how did you kind of cultivate that relationship with them so that you could be a clear channel to get these messages? That is such a fun question.
1: I, uh, you will be surprised by this answer. I think you're going to be really surprised. I can't wait. <laughs> so when I realized that I had a connection with spirit guides, right. Was probably when I took the angel Reiki course, which I completed in March of this year, <laughs>
0: Really? Because uh-huh. I knew it before that. I mean, I knew it <laughs> for you before then.
1: Isn't that wild? <laughs> that was when it really. I mean, as you know, to my knowledge, that was when it really became so Like, oh my gosh, this is really what's happening. I've always been very intuitive, right? I've just, I've always known that I understood things about people, but I always thought it was me. I just thought my intuition was, you know, very good and that I I understood things about people and, and like, I was holding space when I was a kid. I didn't know what that was. Now I get it. Now I get how I hold, you know, hold space. And, but yeah, I think I, I knew I asked really good questions. Like people like you asked the best questions that just help me get to the bottom of whatever I'm dealing with, right? It just gets and and so during my angel Reiki course, the the purpose of the angel Reiki, right was you, you know, one learn some basic Reiki techniques, how to move energy through the body, connecting with you know oneness and and helping others just connect with that oneness energy and moving any blocks that might be in your chakras, right? This kind of Reiki movement of energy. But the really, and I don't know, I guess I'd say more primary, that was, the method, you know, of connecting with the oneness, but really, so it was with Julie Jamsis. and uh, she has a podcast, angels in awakening, and awakening. She calls herself the angel medium. So she connects with angels and guides for people. And I, uh, but the, the secondary, or I would say rather primary part of that course is really connecting with spirit. And so as I started working with clients, you know, with volunteers for the angel Reiki and realizing like, these are the same thoughts I always have. These are the same, like words just pop in my head. I hear things like I'll, I'll literally hear a word, you know, faith or trust or uh, grandma or whatever. I just, I will hear things. And I, now I'm like, oh, that's a message for them. It's what's happening is what's coming to me is just whatever the person needs to hear. It's not because I'm so smart and I know all this stuff. It's not even because you know, it's my experience. The words that they need to hear just somehow come out. And sometimes I don't even know why I say the things I say.
0: (laughs) Everything you have ever said to me has been spot on. And it always means something. Even if in the moment I don't know what, Mm -hmm. at some point later I'll come back and be like, oh. That's what Gina meant. (laughs) I just think
1: spirit communicates through me. And the thing is like, I just never knew it was happening. I had no conscious realization. So it, and it's really interesting, Heather, because like when I think of you and the visualizations, the visions that you see, the the experiences you've had, when I think of, you know, Christina and different people in our our family pot or just in all of the courses I've taken. Like, honestly, I believe that other people probably see more things and have more connections than I do. And I know everybody probably feels that way. So I'm just really coming into it. But like, as far as the angels, like I don't really know a lot about the angels. It's like, it's one of those things you really have to learn and build a relationship. You have to consciously connect. Right. So I feel like for me, a lot of the channeling is just unconscious that comes through. And I don't know if it needs to be more conscious. It's really, you know, just letting what needs to come through, come through, what truth wants to be spoken. But. It is. It's a really fun experience. It's so cool to say something and and watch somebody be changed from what comes through. Um, I've had it said uh, that uh, basically with the words, uh, a person's geometry of consciousness shifts, right? So something happens with the words and not my words, but the words that spirit brings through that, that literally by someone hearing what, they need to hear in that moment, something shifts inside of them and then you move forward in a little different way. So yeah, it's, it's been a super fun journey to start to embrace it. I know that we shouldn't need external validation, but I really appreciate that people like you and and other people in my courses, as I've been learning about this, everyone says you're such a clear channel. And I'm really like I, you know, it's it took a while to believe it. It took a while. Spirit was talking to me. It speaks to me through, you know, through my friends and and supporters that yeah, it's it's like, wow, it's just still is like, that's really what's happening. Okay.
0: And so leaning into that and, and expanding it has been such a cool journey. And and you are, you're so amazing at it. And I do think that whenever we're honing a new skill. The external validation is reassuring, right? Maybe you don't need it, but it can help you to gain that confidence until you don't need that external validation anymore. So this has been so amazing and so fun. Before I let you go, I like to have my listeners get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions, and that doesn't mean you have to answer them quickly. I just want you to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? I love going for walks.
1: I just, it's, you know, challenging because my daughter is pretty clingy. Like she really loves mama in the morning once, you know, like all the way until school starts. Like it's, you know, we would go on, my husband and I would try and go on a date and she would just cry and cry, right. With a babysitter, like until she was five, it was a really big deal, this separation, right. For her. And so I set a boundary and I, I made it in the mornings. So when they're asleep, like at four in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> I will get up and sneak out and put on my clothes really quietly, keep the dog tucked in the bed and just sneak out and go for my walks. And it, and it didn't happen easily at first, there was some protesting and I want to go with you. And, and, uh, you know, and my husband, like it required him to do things he didn't normally have to do in the morning and taking that time for myself. And what happens Heather during those walks is just man, I just get the most incredible downloads of information to share. And the, you know, physically I feel good out in nature. I see animals all the time. I've had like bunnies, you know, you know, my bunny experiences were like for a while bunnies were like showing up and then bunnies weren't running. And then bunnies started walking up to me. Like I was like this, the whole snow white experience from just, it just creates such a high vibration for me that you know, there's a lot of other ways that, you know, I, I can enjoy showing up for myself, but that one feels like such a really, like, it's like a present I unwrap for myself. It just feels so good to do it.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. A present you unwrap for yourself. And I remember some of the stories from your 4am walks and they were always <laughs> so magical. And just, I couldn't believe that this was actually happening. And yeah, so I love that. What is something you do for fun? Lay the ukulele and sing. I I love that you said that because, and I specifically wanted to ask you this question because I don't know if you remember a year ago, you were saying, I don't know how to have fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do to have fun. I yeah. like cleaning my toilets is fun. Like I remember like having this conversation. And so I am so glad to hear that you have an answer and you do an amazing job at playing the euthalelian oh, singing. <laughs>
1: I really enjoy it. Um, I'll tell you, I want to share something else with you real quick about fun, because this is, this is really funny. I met a mom the other day, a new, you know, a friend Hayden's in camps. And so one of the moms was like, oh, you know, the daughters want to connect. So we went on a play date and we're at this trampoline park. And I just, I unloaded it all, Heather. I mean, for the first time ever, I just told this whole total stranger, all the things and I channel and I do this. It like, I just showed up. She hasn't called back since, but that's okay. Cause I know she's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was so unapologetically me. It was so fun to just like not hold back things to fear like what somebody would think. But when we were talking, she said, you know, so what would you like to do for fun? I'm like, Oh, I like to hike. I like to, you know, I didn't, I didn't say play ukulele at that time. Just a couple of different things that I enjoy doing, planting my garden, whatever. And I'm like, do you know what I like to do? I
0: like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love talking. (laughs) Maybe that's why you and I get along so well, because I also (laughs) like to talk.
1: It was like, it's just like, it just came to me like, oh my gosh, I just enjoy it so much. So, you know, on, in addition to cleaning toilets, which now I just consider a chore and not fun,
0: (laughs) which I'm so happy about. (laughs) So depressing. (laughs) But
1: I have, I do have a whole other list of fun things now. And, um, and I could say, I definitely credit you a lot with that shift, you know, because that was such a drive for you to be, you know, talking about fun and switching into fun and your excitement about starting your podcast and you know, the, how you're going to incorporate fun into it. So yeah, it's been a,
0: it's, it's a really pleasant shift in my life. I'm so happy to hear that. All right. What is something that you are excited about right now?
1: a lot of things, but I would say in terms of, you know, my growth and expanding into my purpose. um, So our, one of our Dharma sisters, Christina and I are starting a podcast. And so we've recorded a couple episodes and, you know, also busy mom and family and all that. So it's really, it's been fun to navigate that with someone who's in the same place, right? And uh, yeah, but yeah, it is just more conversations, right? more conversations like this, and continuing to grow in my coaching practice. and yeah, just I I'm but it, the podcast
0: is particularly exciting right now. It's been really fun to do. I am so excited for your podcast, and I think these conversations are so important, and we need to be having more of them and getting as many of them out there as we possibly can. And the way that you and Christina are together, is amazing. And the way that when you have guests on the way that you will make them feel and the conversations that you will have, you are going to put so much love out into this world. And I'm so very excited. Thank you. How would your best friend
1: describe you? Hmm. Do you know? So when we did DCI, one of our going through the like 21 day Dharma discovery method, one of the tasks was, to um, ask, we had a list of questions to ask people to reflect on like, what are, you know, aspects of me you have questions and every single one of them. And they were really my closest friends. And what really surprised me and what I have embraced and really love about the responses that I got was I make people or allow people to feel comfortable as they are right. In, in wherever we are, like I, and it's not that I don't judge or don't, you know, it's not, it's not anything about perfection, but it really is holding people in a space where they are um, so comfortable. People feel really comfortable being themselves with me. And I think that that is one of the greatest gifts that I received during that process to learn that like not one, not two, but like five people all said the same thing. And it was like, really? Like I had no idea. I didn't know. So I think that was a really, a really
0: cool um, thing to learn about myself. I agree with that. Totally. You (laughs) have, and if you do have judgments, you hold your tongue on them and no one would ever know, but it really does feel like you just have unconditional love for people and you allow them to be whoever they are right then and there. And without the expectation that they should change or be anything other than who they are in that moment. And that's so beautiful. All right, last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Be yourself. Don't worry about what people think.
1: And I know it's like, again, like what a cliche, right? But if I knew that people weren't thinking about me as much as I thought they were, (laughs) if I had any inkling that I could just, you know, and I dabbled in it, you know, I dabbled in it as I got older, but Yeah. To just really be able to just fly your freak flag and be exactly who you are and not who you think anybody wants you to be. It was so liberating. I, you know, it sucks that it's taken like over 40 years to learn that, but I know it's part of the process. And I know that, you know, it's one of those things where you appreciate things more when you have to work for them, but I would definitely tell little little Gina, just be like, man, just
0: be unapologetically yourself. Mm. I love that advice so much because I just think that we do. It took me well into my, well, at least after 40 before I realized, wow, I don't have to live to please anyone else. As long as I'm doing what makes me happy, that's what's important. And I love that that's your message to your younger self, as well as to all of our listeners. All right, Gina, you as always are such a bright light. You have been the best part of my day today. I'm so glad that you spent this time with us. I would love for you to tell my listeners where they can find you.
1: Yeah. Well, my my website is ginastock.com. So G-I-N-A-S-T-O-C-K.com and really on Instagram. And I'm still feeling my way into social media, Um, it's been, I, it's so interesting my whole life. Like I really love watching social media and like what people are up to. I love it so much. And, uh, something I've learned about myself is like, for some reason, I'm so busy engaging in my life and the moments I don't stop and like take the time to either share about my life or both. So it's been, you know, a, a whole new journey, just learning how to interact that way and find the beauty in it, that it's, you know, this other way of just actually connecting. It's not a business task, right? It really is the connection we can have. But so uh, Instagram is probably most active and that's at a uh, soul coach, Gina with underscores. So school, soul underscore coach, underscore Gina.
0: Fantastic. And I think that what you said about you're so in the present moment that you don't think to stop to like take the picture or post the video or whatever. I I think that's so okay. And (laughs) I think that so many people are kind of in that same boat or they have this weird relationship with social media. And so I don't think that it's necessarily something you have to do, but as you grow and learn to... Embrace it a little bit more, you know, we'll see you showing up more on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. And it has been my pleasure to have you on my show today. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Heather. It was a pleasure. Wow. This conversation was so much fun. And I hope you felt like one of our Dharma sisters sitting right there with us listening in. You can see why I love having people like this in my life. There were so many incredible mic drops today, but here are just five key takeaways from this episode. Number one, miracles are all around us, both big and small, whether it's getting the house you wished for, a miraculous healing of a loved one, or simply being grateful to wake up each day. If you are open to seeing them, the more miracles will occur. Number two, you have the power to reframe any situation, to look at it from a different perspective, to see how something is working for you instead of to you. You can choose to become better and stronger because of things you have gone through instead of being a victim. Number three, keep following the breadcrumbs and take what feels like the next right step without having an expectation of what is going to happen. You never know where the journey will take you, and it could be better than you imagined. Number four, continue to meet new people and then put effort into those relationships to nurture them into something beautiful. We all need people to share our wins with and to hold space for us when we need support. Keep showing up for each other, and you will not only give, but you will also receive. Number five, have compassion for yourself and try to see yourself the way God sees you. We all have gorgeous spirits inside of us, and we just need to learn how to access them by getting rid of self-criticism and having compassion for ourselves. When you do that, you'll have compassion for others. If you'd like to work with Gina or learn more about her, I'll link her website and Instagram in the show notes. And if you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would give it a five star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. If you love conversations like this, I invite you to head on over to my free Facebook community where you'll find like-minded people who are also interested in living their best lives. If you've struggled to be understood or feel like your friends never quite got you, you no longer need to feel alone on your journey. This is a safe place to show up as your authentic self and connect with others as they do the same. We provide love, support, and resources to you knowing that the best is yet to come. Join us in the Best Days Ahead community on Facebook by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio. See you in there.